What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Self-Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. I just punched my uh, microphone for no reason. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, We're fired up today. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about um, navigating big life and career transitions, some hot tips on how to make them easier on yourself, and uh, sharing some of our personal experiences with them. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, this is coming out on Monday, March 21st, and uh, I can't wait for my shows this week. I'm going to be at City Winery in New York City, so one Ooh. night on Thursday, and right. I'll be in Niagara Falls Friday, Saturday, and then I'll be in Las Vegas April 7th through 10th. It's also like the, the Hall of Fame foosball tournament at the same time, and it's my birthday weekend. That's going to be a wild weekend. Oh, good time. Very excited. Uh, I will be in Austin for Moon Tower Comedy Festival a couple weeks after that, and then San Diego at the end of April, and Tampa, Bakersfield, Boston, and my special in June, um, June 16th through 18th at Comedy Works in Denver. So go to KelseyCook.com and get those tickets. I would just love to have helpsters in the crowd. It'd be so nice. Yes. Cannot wait for that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have another podcast. It's called Efficionado, the minimalist business podcast. So if you would like to receive it, you can go to delaneyfisher.com. It's a free private podcast. It'll be delivered to your inbox uh, every month. And we cover all kinds of stuff, um, pricing, entrepreneurial burnout and preventing that, hiring and team management, how to scale to six figures and beyond that, tips for running a social media-free business or social media-less business, um, how to schedule your week, uh, all that stuff, how to get more clients, more sales, all doing this with you know simple, fun, minimalist approach. So nice. check it out, DelaneyFisher.com. Also have some business simplicity resources there for you and some other gifts at the website. 
Fantastic. Yes. Would you like to start with a quotable? I would love nothing more than to start (laughs) off with a quotable, Kelsey. (laughs) Okay. This one is um, from Maria Robinson. It says, nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. Oh, what a sexy quote. That that is is a sexy quote. That's a good reminder. This one is a little bit more like grab you by the hair. This this quote I've got. Okay. I just, I saw this online and I had a screenshot and share for the podcast. So um, it's from the, it got reposted by a YouTube beauty girl I follow, but it's, I think the account is at conscious healer on Instagram is where the quote comes from. Says the longer you entertain what's not for you, the longer you postpone what is. Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. Yep. Ooh. That is fantastic. Sometimes you gotta make room. You gotta make room yes. for the, the thing in your life that you're supposed to be doing. Dude, I love it. You know what this other one reminds me of too is that one where um it's not your fault about like what happened to you in your past, but it's your responsibility. Yeah. Like it's your responsibility to heal and move forward in a way that Mm -hmm. whatever, however you can. Yeah. Those are all good. Delicious. Good. (laughs) Great job, Kels. You do. All righty. Shall we dig into this? Yeah. So what were some of the first things that came to mind for you when you thought about navigating a big life change or career change. Cause you are really the queen of, yeah. of career hopping. Yeah. I would say I've gotten very good at adapting and kind of reinventing myself. And like I've kind of mentioned on this show before my brain immediately finds the silver lining. And I know that that is sometimes I need to shut that off depending on what the moment it is. But mm. even when something really shitty happens, my brain just starts thinking about all the good that can come up from it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot came up for me, for me, as far as transitioning when it comes to relationships, um, financial situations, you know, business transitions, your environment, moving locations, mm-hmm. um, and how to take care of yourself and manage the anxiety around all of that. So I have kind of like a little, you know, nugget and example for each, but is there any kind of overarching thing that came up for you, Kels, when you thought about it? Um, I think, well, it just, you could start from like such a young age and think about what your major, I mean, going through a divorce, at, uh, like your, your parents' divorce, if you yourself yeah. go through a divorce. So I've right. <laughs> you know experienced both of those things. If you um, leave an office environment and start to work for home, from home, I'm sorry, if you're self-employed or like many people did during COVID and are still figuring out how to transition in that way. So um, right. I can get into some more specifics of like what yeah. my particular ways I navigated are, but if you want to share yours. Sure. I would say, I think the first one is kind of, if you are deciding to make a transition is remembering why you're doing that. Like yeah. really keep remembering why you're doing that. What are you gaining from it? Why the old stuff was not working. Let's mm-hmm. say, you know, you're leaving a relationship, right? Instead of kind of like your quote, Kels, like not focusing on what you're losing, but what you're gaining from that. Yeah. Yes, you might be losing time with that person and all that stuff, but you maybe you're gaining freedom, you're gaining energy, you're gaining clarity, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you didn't choose the transition, maybe let's say somebody ended a relationship with you, then it's like, 
how, you know, obviously feel the feelings about it, but how could you grow from the experience? What is it teaching you if you could really look and find something, right? So you don't sit in that for too long. Um, But I think that's important because transitioning is hard, even if you want the transition. So why the fuck are you doing that? And keep coming back to that and reminding yourself of that if you really need to. Um, And then for me, it's like, okay, when I have moved to a different location, I've only really done this once to, mm. in college. And then I kind of moved back, you know, to where I'm at, where I came from. <laughs> but right. um, I, I'm somebody who, when I want to make friends, I join group activities. So whether it's something I'm interested in or not, like when I was in yeah. college and I was a freshman, I joined the rowing team, not because I liked rowing, but because I wanted to make friends organically. And I made right. friends and I fucking quit the rowing team. <laughs> after <a year>. Bye. <laughs> got what, got what I needed. needed. <laughs> I got half of an ab and five friends. I'm good. <laughs> oh man. And then I did the same thing after college. I moved back and I wanted to make friends. So I joined improv yeah. classes. I already knew that I liked doing stand up more than improv, but I wanted to meet friends who were maybe, you know, doing similar activities, collaborating on fun projects. And yeah, let's know, give this done. girl a friend app for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. You're doing putting I yourself through rowing friendster. teams and improv <laughs> classes just for friends. It's like we, you just need to go hang out at a public park for a little bit. And <laughs> that's true. I don't think they had a lot of those group hang apps yet. This was yeah. like over a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've volunteered places. So anything that just shakes things up to where you're not sitting by yourself being lonely is what I would do. Even Got if it. it's something that wasn't super aligned with my interests. What yeah. about you, Kels? Anything on that? On that note? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love you reminding um all of us on the getting clear on your on your why. Yeah. That's a that's a big theme, I think in a lot of our episodes now is just like, remember why you're doing whatever you're doing, especially if it gets hard, like in that transition or whatever you're, whatever you're trying to accomplish, being clear on why you're doing it really keeps you, I think, honest with yourself and, uh, doing things for the right reasons. So yes, happy happy you reminded people of that. Um, I was talking, so this is more, um, if I'm thinking uh, of like emotional transitions, whether it's like transitioning out of um, a relationship or maybe leaving a job you loved or anything that requires going through the grief process. And uh, I was talking with my therapist recently about how sometimes you feel like whatever that, I should have looked it up for the show, but like the stages of grief. Oh yeah. The person who came up with that, my therapist was saying that she read something where the person who came up with it said, I never intended for people to feel like they needed to follow that order of the way it's listed. Because a lot of us read whatever that list is. It's like the five stages of grief or seven stages. And it seems like chronological. Right. So a lot of the time you think you're supposed to be feeling it in that order and that maybe there's a time limit on how long you should be been, be in each one. And she was reiterating, like, I never intended for people to put it in that order. It was just supposed to be like a loose suggestion of like, you will feel, probably feel these things. And that she said, there's mm-hmm. no time frame that I intended to put on any of it. And I, I think that's a, it helped me a lot to hear that 
that grief looks different for so many people. And that's more of just like emotionally navigating a life change is take whatever time you need to take and know that you might feel one stage, go back to a stage that you thought you got out of. It's it's not linear. Yes. Oh man, that's such a good one. That's on my list too, as far as um, grief. And just most recently, because I lost my grandfather, yeah. um, before losing him, I know this is like really <laughs> such a weird, simple thing to bring up, but yeah. I would um, heat up like tea in the microwave because I just could not could not be bothered to like wait for a tea kettle. And yeah. he, I mean, my grandparents not happy about this, right? Like one is from, you know, he was from Ireland yeah. and she's from Australia and they have like actual tea time three times a day, tea kettle, the whole shebang, right? Like right. it's a big, it's a thing. And when he, when he died, the first thing I did was go out and buy myself a tea kettle. Like it was Aww. the highest importance to like, we'll get one that looked kind of like theirs. So I got one that looked, was like very similar with like a little modern spin. And yeah. now I take that extra 10 minutes and I, I heat my tea up and I let it steep and I do that for myself and I have really nice tea cups now and all that stuff. So that was obviously a way that I was dealing with that transition where I was bringing something that reminded me of him and into my my daily life. Oh God, I don't want to cry. Oh, <laughs> but like that, um, that wasn't important before. Yeah. You know, like that really for some, like it was probably like a Monday and I'm like, just take everything off my schedule. I have to go find a teapot. And it's so yeah. weird how something like that can happen and really shift a priority, even if it's something simple. And then, right. um, Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. But then there's other things with that transition where like, I cannot listen to certain music right now that reminds me of him. So it's like something I was doing all the time. No problem. Now it's like, oh, I can't do that. But I'm, I'm having like a nice cup of tea at least twice a day. It's, it's really weird. Yes. Anything like that for you, Kels, as far as yeah. the grief period? Fuck. Well, just how triggering music is. Like I'm a big yeah. music person and meh. <laughs> Breakups. God damn it. Like anything oh, like that God. that you go through or like you said, the loss of a family member, it's always such a brutal period of not being able to listen to the yeah. things you want to listen to. Um, I was starting to laugh at the beginning of you saying that you would microwave your <laughs> water for your tea because I just – we must be on the same fucking wavelength. I just like day before yesterday – tweeted and it got this like big response from people who were really up in arms. I didn't realize how passionately people feel about this. Yeah. I said, cannot understand the people who choose the stovetop over the microwave option. <laughs> what kind of time oh, do you have shit. to be stirring oatmeal for 15 minutes in a cauldron? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I, yes. listen, if it's pizza, sure. Pop that bitch in the oven because you want a crispy crust. I, I right. will take the time to put it in the oven. But right. like oatmeal or like if I want yeah. tea, I want the yeah. tea right then. Right and now. In a minute. Yeah. 
it's such a big discrepancy between having a cup of hot water ready in the microwave in 90 seconds versus getting the tea. And then it's more dishes. It's, I don't know. I'm so weird. I don't know if like what that is, but I just hate things taking longer than they need to. Oh, totally. That's how I was too. I was like, for me, this is an efficiency thing and you guys are all wrong and you're doing it. You're taking way too long. And now I feel like it's more of a ritual of like uh, for these 10 minutes, while I'm waiting for that, I'm like kind of doing other things. And so now it's like a different type of efficiency where I'm like for 10 minutes, okay, I'm going to put the dishes away oh, or I'm going to sure. go do some stretching or whatever. So I'm pairing it with that because I'm not going to, I can't just like hang out for 10 minutes waiting for the tea, <laughs> the tea kettle to, to, to sing to me. So yeah. yes, I totally agree. And it's not something I don't think I would have implemented otherwise because it's yeah. just not my thing. I like to do things quick. <laughs> yeah. I've been having oatmeal a lot in the morning lately and that it just, yeah, it struck me reading the options for cooking it that I never even glance at the stovetop instructions for something like that. I'm just, my brain's yeah. like, absolutely the no. microwave. What are we, <laughs> what are we fucking doing? It's 2022. We got, yeah. <laughs> let's get this in and out here. And oatmeal okay. on the stovetop, I'm sure it does have like maybe a better texture or something about it that's less just that like zapped <laughs> way yeah. about it but i just can't i can't sit there and stir it for for sometimes steel could oats are like 20 minutes at least with tea it's like you push a button and you yeah. can go do other stuff but exactly anyway. yeah no, it, does, it does make the tea taste better i have to admit everybody was right but does it really it tastes stronger because it's, you know, it's such hot water and it's being steeped. Like it's such a stronger flavor than just hitting, putting it in the microwave and, you know, oh. mixing it around a little bit. But is it that big of a difference? I don't know. I just like it for a different reason now. But if it was, you know, he is tea. I'll, I'll just put it in the microwave another minute or two to get an extra hot. Well, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing too. So a lot of comedy club green rooms will have um, like one of those kettles that you push a button yes. and it makes it hot. To me, then even if it tastes better, it's too hot. And again, my impatience comes back in where it's like, when I want tea, I want it to not only be able to be made in like 90 seconds, but then I want to be able to drink it within a minute of it. Like, I'm not trying to then let it cool. It just seems like so much work. I know this is a really weird tangent. No, it's so true though, because this is how I have felt. It's such a practice with patience to boil the water and then let your tea steep and cool down and like sit and have it. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's more of like a mindfulness practice at this point than it is actually something I need to do because I, no, uh, 31 years, I wasn't doing that. I know. 31 years. It's not like I was making tea as a baby, but you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Decades (laughs) of my life. I always would microwave the tea and people would be like, especially my family, full of Irish people. What are you doing? (laughs) Oh no. Listen, cold day in hell. (laughs) that I go buy a tea kettle. It's just not. Yeah, I get it. It's not in my DNA, but I'm I'm happy that that's, that's such a sweet ritual. Yeah. It's very nice. I like it now. Yeah. Um, some things that have really helped me with, uh, oh gosh, when I transitioned from having like a corporate cushy corporate day job into full-time entrepreneurship, owning my own business, Obviously, financially, that can be very stressful. So I love the tip um, that 
Rachel Rogers and her space shared this, that one of her coaches a long time ago shared it with us and we've talked about it before. It's so good. Just having a new zero for your bank account. So Mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, like once your bank account actually is close to hitting zero, you start freaking out about what you're going to do about money, but Mm -hmm. having a new zero. So whether it's 500, 5,000, 10,000, whatever that is to you. And that way your account actually never hits zero and you get into action when it hits that new number. That has been just um, so freaking helpful and has really helped anxiety wise. And then For me, it was really important to have a little nest egg before I transitioned into full-time entrepreneurship. And so what happened, as you know, Kels, is like when I launched launched Expi Delaney, things happened pretty quickly where I had to leave my day job because I got really busy, which I'm very grateful for, but I didn't get a chance to save up all the money I had planned to save. I had planned to save for a year or more before leaving my day job, and I couldn't do that. And so... I had to think about how the hell can I give myself this wiggle room because this is a risky situation. And so I took out my 401k and got dinged to shit for that. Uh, But that was how I was like, I needed to give myself that because I knew myself well enough to know I'd be too stressed out without it. Um, And so however you can give yourself that wiggle room or have some kind of clear budget or downsize or something to relieve that stress financially. Totally. So helpful. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, a kind of a similar transition, I suppose, in that I was working kind of more corporate-y day jobs, uh, doing like admin work before I was able to start doing stand-up full-time. And when I made that transition, it was it was very suddenly, right? Jim yeah. uh, Norton's manager had emailed me dates and was like, oh my God, I get to quit my day job. But when I wasn't on the road and I was just kind of sustaining myself on the money that I had made from the road or whatever, you have to learn how to continue to like be productive from home. And yeah. I'm I'm somebody who's always thrived in a structured environment, or at least my younger years I did. Like I really liked going to school. And mm-hmm. I think college for a lot of people is where people can struggle because there's nobody – that is making sure you're in class anymore. You're not living under your parents' roof some of the time. You're living on your own and no one's holding you accountable. Like, that's why a lot of people just, it like doesn't work out in college. And I felt that way a little bit once I started to work from home and just be self-employed. And what has been really important for me is designating proper spaces in my home for work and for relaxation, which if you live in like a studio apartment or a one bedroom apartment is not always the easiest thing, but even just making sure that like when you are at your desk, you're only doing work at your desk. And when you're in your bedroom, like in the, it was bad for me right after, um, COVID hit because I had moved into a studio apartment and I didn't really like, I opted to have my foosball table as the area where a dining room table or a desk would be. Right. So I didn't really have like a designated desk and I was doing all my work from my bed. I would do it on my laptop and it just was like, I was just always on my bed. I would sleep on my bed and then I would wake up and continue to work all day on my bed. And that was just not good for my mental health. Like it was too much of the same thing. I had trouble focusing on work when I needed to focus on work because I had just been sleeping there. 
And then I had a hard time turning my mind off when it was time to sleep because it just was all the same space. So trying to have structure and be diligent with yourself about like, this is where I work, this is where I rest and not combining the two. Oh God, so freaking important. And it's so interesting because now it's like, you know, our old apartment, us working from home, I had to work in my bedroom. So I had a little desk in the corner of my bedroom. Yeah. And so I could see that desk, you know, like going to bed and stuff like that. And so for me, signaling that I was done with work was putting my laptop and planner like in a drawer and shutting it. That's like oh, me signing sure. off from work is like, here's my signal because I can't like hide this. Yes. And, and now it's like, it, having an office, I can close the door at the end of the day right. if I really want to, or just walk out of the space and I don't see it. But right. you know, how can you create that for yourself in whatever space you're in and like designating what hours you work, what hours you don't work, when is your lunch break or when are your breaks? Like all that is so important and really hard when it's on all on you and there's no external accountability. Yeah. And you're right. Designating work breaks. And that sounds yeah. silly to do when you're just at home and you're like, well, I can make any time break, but it's like, you need to That's make really, it regimented. Yeah. A lot of the, I mean, you don't have to do anything, but I'm just saying for me, that was helpful to be like, no, this is when I am taking my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that I can come back in, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then like, if you're shifting your environment a little bit, you know, I like to just think of well, any transition, like what has helped you in the past? We've all been through so many transitions at this point. Yeah. What is what has given you comfort? What has made you feel excited about the transition? Um, whether that's, you know, doing something that's familiar to you, whether it's like having familiar objects in your new space or talking to your familiar people on the phone when you feel lonely or having a mm -hmm. TV show that you love on in the background. Or for me, it's like when I'm, excited about a transition or maybe I'm nervous and I just need a little pick me up. Mm -hmm. I just do something nice for myself that I would not have done otherwise. Mm. Um, I remember when my first boyfriend and I broke up and it was like a very on and off again relationship. Not great. Um, but we broke up super traumatic and I said, fuck it. I'm going to study abroad this, you know, this coming year in school and like, just get away from that. And I don't think I would have taken the steps to do that um, if we hadn't gone through that breakup during that time. Mm. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. I studied abroad in Greece. I yeah. met one of my best friends. She's the reason I started doing stand-up comedy. Then wow. here I am, you know, like this, yeah. this really shitty thing happened and it, and it projected me into this other space. And I don't, if we hadn't broken up, I don't know if I would have wanted it if I would have wanted to study abroad for that long away from him yeah. and I wouldn't have done that thing. So is there something you can kind of force yourself to do in a way that's like, wow, I'm only doing this because of this shitty thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Perspective. That. Yes. Um, another thing I was super excited about that you know, Cam and I had been wanting to move into a bigger place for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I really, <laughs> when we moved into a new place, I was like, I just can't wait to go shopping and get like all new dishware. And I just wanted to just like white dishware. I don't know. I, that's just what I wanted. Yeah. One of the first things we got, we got kind of settled. And the first things I started doing was I just started thrifting everywhere. And I just bought all kinds of white uh, plates and bowls and teacups and all this stuff. 
And I'm just like, wow, this is really a new life for us. You know, like it's just, yeah. it's just symbolizing for me, like a fresh start, a clean start. To me, it also meant like, we're going to have space to have people over and entertain and have like nice dinner parties. And that's what all that represented. And yeah. that's what we've been doing. Like we've been seeing more people in our space because we have more room to do that. And I intentionally left it for like that, you know, that period of time where we moved in. Yeah. Just kind of celebrate, I guess, in that way. I think that's smart. I think if you go through a life change, particularly one that's painful, maybe it's a, it's one where like leaving that past of yours is hard doing things that you can to signify a change in your external environment, whether that's like donating some old clothes that when you put them on, it reminds you of like that version of your life, that older version of your life. And like you said, even if you can't afford to buy a bunch of new furniture, maybe like repainting a couple of things, doing things that make your space feel like, okay, we are moving forward. This is a new chapter in life. Yes, exactly. Just changing up that energy, you know, and then just taking really good care of yourself, whether that's leaning on something familiar, like taking a bath or reading your favorite book or, um, you know, looking at this new transition as an adventure, like Mm -hmm. taking a different route when you walk to the store and seeing if you can find anything new, like being a little bit more adventurous. And then just being very patient because this shit can be challenging and it can take time yeah. and also being flexible because you might plan for a lot to, to happen and then things change and you have to shift. And so I think patience and flexibility with the transition and being willing to evolve like with your new plan is super yeah. helpful. Yeah. I could not agree more. We just talked about it in the self-care episode, but it's been helping me a lot to check in with myself, um, whether you're going through a transition or not, but just asking yourself at least once a day, if you can, how, how do I feel right now? Yeah. Like talking to yourself as if you're a friend asking, Hey, how are you doing? And being really honest and depending on what you're saying and how you're feeling, then ask, what do you need? If, if you're kind of struggling to just figure out, all right, well, how do we get back to feeling good then? Yes, definitely. Definitely. We also have some additional tips for successfully navigating life transitions. This is from Thrive Global. Um, This first one touches a little bit on what I had said in the beginning about stages of grief. Uh, It says, ignore advice about passing linearly through specific stages. So more often, transitions are described as zigzags, roller coasters, loops. And this approach takes that pressure off of yourself from feeling like you need to transition, quote unquote, properly, uh, which I couldn't agree more with. Right. Um, And know that you aren't alone. Change is inevitable for all of us. Um, The author of Life is in the Transitions by Bruce Failers. Um, Research shows that life changes are happening with increasing frequency and that the average person spends nearly half of their life responding to major transitions. Half of your life. We're always in transition. That makes a lot of sense with our modern society and culture. Just like Lots of distractions, lots of new things happening. Um, we change jobs a lot more frequently than than people did decades ago. Like that makes a lot of sense that we're always transitioning. We can fly places and move places now yeah. more easily. So yeah, like we're always kind of shifting in, in some new way. Well, think about COVID. It's like 
Whatever oh God, regular yeah. amount of transitions a person goes through in their life right. through career, relationship, whatever, we all have been experiencing these forced changes the last two years in our lives of like, oh, everybody's lives look so different now than they yes. would have had we not all experienced COVID. So we've all had to pivot and not just yes. once, but like constantly through the last two years with, okay, what are the guidelines now? Okay, now this is what's happening now. And okay, we can do this, but we can't do this. It's like, you're always transitioning. <laughs> totally. And you know, I think it's important too, because especially if you've transitioned a lot of different jobs or you're still trying to figure out what you want to do for your career and stuff, some people have the mindset and they kind of beat themselves up of like, oh, I'm starting, I feel like I'm starting over, over and mm -hmm. over again, and I'm not getting yeah. anywhere. I would really try to shift your focus to not that you're starting over, but you're just kind of reinventing yourself a little bit. Like you're taking all your skill set and background, and now you're pouring it into this new thing. And none of it is a waste. Cause when you find that thing and it clicks, you're going to be using all these different experiences and skill sets that you have for that thing that you enjoy. Um, okay. So that's one that I, that always helps me too. For sure. Um, these next few, we basically just touched on. So I'll just say them again a little quickly, like focus on your successful transitions, right? You know, it's just knowing that you've gone through something possibly similar before and thinking yeah. about what helped you get through it, giving yourself time I know that's the hardest thing to hear when you are right in the middle of a potentially painful transition is just to know like some of it just takes time. And listen, yeah. as the person who can't uh, wait longer than 90 seconds for a cup of hot water for tea, I <laughs> I have to be told this frequently that yeah. sometimes it just takes time. Um, yeah. And uh, an exercise. There have been numerous studies showing how important exercise is for our body and mind. So start slow and start with something you enjoy even a little bit. If Even if all you can do is a short walk, then it's, I think, it always makes me feel better than not doing anything. Yes, definitely. And practice mindfulness and gratitude, you know, mindfulness, just, you know, being present in the moment, free from judgment, aware of your thoughts and feelings. Like Kelsey said, at check in with yourself and ask yourself how you're feeling and what you might need to do about that feeling. Um, having a gratitude practice, just taking time out of your day to notice things you're grateful for. You know, even in like the shittiest periods of time, we can find something, even if it's just like, I see a bluebird sitting on a branch. <laughs> That's nice, yes. right? Like sometimes mm -hmm. you might feel like you're grasping at strings, but yes. just something to shift the focus a little bit. Um, learning from others, you know, transitions are hard, but remember, like, even if you feel alone, there's someone in your life that has experienced similar transitions in one way or another. So how can you reach out for support yeah. following your curiosity and being creative? Um, so whether they're involuntary or voluntary transitions, you're going to going through, um, we get to choose how to respond to them. You know, we can choose to take action and respond in ways that are productive or creative or make us feel good. Um, whether it's taking up a new hobby or skill or something like that. Or we can, you know, sit in it or we can do a mix of both. Yes. You know? Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, um, hopefully that helped you guys. Yeah. If, if you're going through something tough right now, send in your love and just know that it gets better. Totally. And even if you're going through something 
exciting and you're nervous. Remember when, um, I mean, we've talked about like exciting career opportunities where like that can feel scary because you have to like rise to this new level of your career. For sure. You know, imposter syndrome might creep in and doubt. So it's like the good stuff and the scary shit can cause anxiety when it comes to transitions. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is, um, from 971 Lucy. They say, you are amazing. I enjoy your podcast so much. You are so relatable and open. Thank you for being you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lucy, for taking the time. Very kind of you. We much appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. And, um, if you want to have an iTunes review read on the podcast, go leave us a sweet one on iTunes. Takes a a couple seconds and it helps us a ton. Yeah. And for segments, uh, I I would show it on the camera, but I'm actually using it as my laptop stand right now. I did a treat yourself. I bought a new card game on Amazon. I'd mentioned before I did a I, I got a card game called Truth or Drink, and I ended up actually being sponsored by that company uh, nice. for a social media post. This other game I bought is not sponsored, but it's called We're Not Really Strangers. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So it's it's just a really – I haven't played it with anybody yet, but it's a really fun card game basically. I think you can incorporate drinking with it if you want, but it's about getting deeper with somebody. They say mm-hmm. it's best to play one-on-one and there are like three different stages where you're asking um, kind of like personal intimate questions. Yeah. And – there are cards you can play that's like go deeper. Like you have to like, you can challenge somebody if you feel like they're kind of holding back on an answer. You can challenge them to um, be more vulnerable. And uh, Jamie Page, who I follow on Instagram and YouTube, she's an amazing YouTube um, beauty guru. She had posted it on Instagram a while back and said that it's just so much fun. And I've been meaning to get it for a while and I finally just remembered to, but I'm excited to Play it with somebody Ooh, at some point. It looks like a really nice. fun, interesting game. Oh, I like it. Yeah, please keep us updated on how it goes. Yes, yes. Yeah, how about you? Nice. Um, let's see. So I've been going to my personal trainer for over a year, and hey. Cam is starting to join me. So he had his first session recently. So now we're doing couples personal training. Never thought that would be a statement out of my mouth. <laughs> Cam and I would do that together, but it was interesting because, um, you know, he had his first workout and he could not like for two days could not move. Like we, he had to cancel plans. Like he could not leave the house. He had to stay in bed. He was so sore, just like trying to stretch it out and stuff. And, uh, I mean, obviously I felt bad that he was in pain, but we, I mean, it was pretty funny. (laughs) We were cracking up about it. It really rocked him. Yes. And it honestly, it made me, um, you know, sometimes when you feel like you're doing something and you're kind of easing into it kind of slowly, you don't really see, like, you don't always see all the results, you know, sometimes you feel them or whatever, but seeing how sore he was after the workout we did and how I didn't feel anything that was that, that for me was like, wow, I, I guess I really have come a long way because, um, this is the only thing I've ever stuck with on my own. As far as working out, I obviously was, always, uh, you know, I grew up as like as an athlete on sport, Mm -hmm. sport teams and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it came to doing, taking care of my own health for myself, it's just was never a priority. And so 
it was just a moment where I'm like, obviously feel bad for Cam, but I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've really come a long way this year where I'm like, my body is obviously stronger, even if, you know, maybe I was expecting to, to feel a certain way or look a certain way. I know that there's changes taking place and that yeah. was, that was nice, but and it was pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats on over a year of uh, personal uh, training. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I also got yeah. a new phone. That's my segment too. <gasps> I updated my phone. Uh, I've had an old one, you know, me and it's technology. Big deal. I, I like to wait as long as possible. And I had a very old version of something. I don't really know. Um, so Cam and I updated our phones together too. So now I'm, Love I'm up to date with everybody. Hello. It's a beautiful phone case. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's pretty cute. And I have one of these little popper, little popper for the Look first time. Yeah, you're, I still, I'm still trying to figure out how to exactly use it and what fingers to put it on, but you know, slowly, but surely. It's like trying to learn chopsticks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Slowly, but surely you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys as always for listening. Remember if you can share the podcast with a friend or a coworker or a family member, anybody that you think would be interested in hearing the show, we would love yeah. your help. Just grow in the show as always. Yeah. And hoping to see you helpsters in New York City and Niagara Falls this week. Uh, you can get tickets at KelseyCook.com. So many other dates coming up. And yeah, beautiful. Go listen to Aficionado, Delaney's podcast. Yeah, DelaneyFisher.com. If you're an entrepreneur, business owner, contractor, you want to simplify your stuff and make more money and have more time. Hell yeah. All right. So, big thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up. All bye. right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 